Hello and welcome to the Core Perform Corner, where registered dietitians and personal trainers teach you how to optimize your gut health, hormones, and fitness. Our team has utilized the trademark and evidence-based Core Perform protocol to transform over 500 lives mentally and physically. Here at Core Perform, we have three core values that are family, communication, and care. So if you are ready, subscribe to join our family, communicate with us through our Facebook group to ask questions, and we'll take care of the rest. Please remember this episode should not be used as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. And now, let's get on to this week's question. Welcome back, everybody, to the Core Perform podcast. It's dietitian Courtney here, and I'm interviewing not a client, but another dietitian, one of my faves. Um, I'm, in, I'm interviewing Kara. She has been a dietitian for, gosh, how many years now? It'll be four, four in July, which is wild. Wow. Crazy. So, crazy. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about all things gut and hormone related. Mm-hmm. Um, before I get dive in too deep, I'm just going to let Kara introduce herself and um, have her talk to you guys a little bit more about her background and what she does. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to chat with you today. So like Courtney said, I am a registered dietitian, also a certified personal trainer. And, you know, I really focus on all things functional health, um, really like to dive deep into hormone health and just overall lifestyle changes for my clients as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been coaching now for, almost three years, been a dietitian for about four. Um, so I've definitely come a long way in my own knowledge and just experience with so many different client cases. And I have a, you know, a pretty heavy background in a lot of different things myself. Like I always say, I'm the girl who's been through everything and I can really empathize with a wide variety of clients because I've been the girl who's been overweight and who hired a coach to help me lose the weight. I've been the girl who went through disordered eating patterns of binge eating. I've been the girl who's, you know, like lost the fat and build the muscle. And now most more recently in my journey over this past year, I have been the girl who has struggled heavily with hormonal health issues after coming off of uh, hormonal birth control. So honestly, like this past year, I was really getting into functional health before coming off of birth control, but this past year really just solidified my love and passion for all things, functional health and hormone health because of all of the struggles that I personally went through, like losing my period, gaining 25 pounds, having, you know, postmenopausal levels of hormones at age 26. There have been so many things that have played into, you know, me getting to where I'm at now. So I'm just, I'm super excited to be here. I think that's why I, I resonate so much with you and why I'm, I'm sure your clients resonate with you as well is because you've lived it. It's not just yeah. like you're telling them textbook material. It's like, Hey, this is what I've personally experienced. And here's what I was going through during this time. Here's how I dealt with this. Here's an explanation for this. And they're like, okay, like that makes sense. I feel heard. I feel validated. And that's just so important for a coach client connection. And we do the same thing. Um, I think that's one of the things that makes, you know, our coaching practices very strong and we've clients for, you know, years, right? Yeah. They feel feel that trust and they feel um, heard. So I really want you to kind of talk about your story um, in regards to what exactly happened with your, your hormones and Mm -hmm. how you're currently dealing with it and kind of talk, we can kind of talk about like the science behind it. Cause I think the hardest thing is it's really complicated for a lot of people to wrap their head around 
when it Very. comes to balancing all of this stuff out. Um, mm -hmm. With hormones too, I'm sure as you've noticed, um, it's kind of like your body plays catch up with years <laughs> and years of restriction and over-exercising. And then all of a sudden, maybe you fix one thing, all of a sudden your body's like, oh, now that I'm closer to homeostasis, my hormones are out of whack. And like, I need to help fixing this. So yep. what, let's kind of start from the beginning, I guess, what kind of cascaded everything to begin with? Yeah. Yeah. So I got on hormonal birth control whenever I was about 17. So I was on it for about eight years. Um, and honestly, I got on it simply for protection. Mm -hmm. I did not have any kind of hormone issues, any period issues at all. So, you know, I decided to come off just because of more so from what I was learning about how it affects the female body. And, you know, I had always kind of had a hard time with weight loss and muscle growth, especially putting on muscle for, you know, the intensity with, with, I train and the amount of time that I've been training for, I always thought to myself, like I should have way more muscle than I do. Um, and again, like we know that building muscle is hard either way, mm -hmm. but so, you know, I decided to come off of it and I was just learning so much about it. And I think one of the biggest things that I want to point out here is that with hormonal birth control understands that you know, if you get on it for specific symptoms, such as like really bad acne, bad PMS, um, maybe conditions like PCOS, whatever it may be. A lot of times hormonal birth control is given to, you know, quote unquote, regulate your hormones and help with those symptoms. But we know that it does not regulate our hormones. It simply just suppresses them. And we don't have a lot of our natural sex hormone production whenever we're on birth control. And if you had gone on it to kind of like band-aid some of those symptoms, I think a lot of women think, oh, like the birth control magically cleared out my symptoms, but truly it just masks them. And there's a very high chance that you can deal with a lot of these symptoms and even more symptoms when coming off of birth control. Right. So that's something that's really important to be aware of up front. Um, and also the second thing is that whenever you're on birth control as well, the period quote unquote period that you're getting is not a true period. Mm -hmm. It doesn't occur from the natural cycling of your hormones. It's a pharmaceutically induced period, you know? And so while I was on birth control, I was always getting that like quote unquote period. I like to call it a pill bleed, yeah. but you know, once I came off in January of 2021, I, um, you know, a month went by, I didn't get a period. I'm like, okay, like I know it takes a while to regulate. So like, I'm not going to stress about it. And then I'm like four months in and then I'm five months in and uh -huh. there's no period. And I'm like, what the heck? Like what's going on? And I'm slowly gaining weight. Um, and it's like, no matter what I did, the weight was just like continuing to pile on. And I'm just like, what the heck is happening? So like my coach at the time who I'm not with anymore, um, we did get labs done. And, you know, the main things that I was dealing with while coming off of birth control is that I had postmenopausal levels of, um, progesterone. So my progesterone was around 0.2 for the better half of 2021. Yeah, it was tanked. Wow. absolutely tanked. My testosterone was very low, which really digs into a big reason why it was always so hard for me to build muscle. I was like, this mm -hmm. makes total sense. Um, you know, my estrogen, like I was pretty estrogen dominant just due to the fact that I had those low progesterone levels. Um, and you know, everything else, like I had some liver detox issues and, and some different things like that, but mainly, you know, I knew a lot of this was coming from obviously the birth control, but also one of the biggest things that I didn't start to take 
seriously enough until I was like five months in with no period was my stress management and was my mental health. Yep. Because we know that like that high stress lifestyle, especially with me, like being an entrepreneur and a business owner, like that's going to keep progesterone low if you are chronically stressed. And so that's something that I had to focus on so, so heavily. And there were a lot of different factors that came into play and a lot of different things that I personally did to get my cycle back. I've now had four regular cycles in a row. And I mean, like, Yes. So, so freaking happy. Like we're crossing our fingers. My next one's supposed to come this week. So, you know, but it's kind of been just like that multiple, like all of these avenues of different habits and lifestyle changes that I had to create to get my cycle back and get my body back on the right track. And, you know, I do work with a a coach who specializes more in functional health now. Mm -hmm. And I put my trust fully into that coach, you know, and we're kind of like, we're like 90% of the way there to getting me back to a place where I'm going to be able to, you know, lose body fat and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, it was a struggle. I mean, at 26 years old, having like postmenopausal levels of hormone and, and like being a dietitian and fitness coach who is now like gaining this weight and, you know, feeling in like she's in a foreign body, like that was so mentally difficult for me this last year. So it was, it it was definitely a whirlwind. One of the things I want to touch on as well is I feel like one of the, the biggest things that I know that you've posted about on your social media that has helped you kind of regulate your hormones is almost the opposite of what people think you need to do, which is yep. eating more and doing less. Can you touch yes. on that a little bit more? For sure. For sure. So whenever I got off of birth control, we did start increasing my calories up even more. And mind you guys, I am a fairly small person. I'm five foot. Um, and you know, so we really started increasing my calorie intake up like, and I had been used to eating more calories. Um, that's something that I had learned from a previous coach of mine. You know what I mean? But again, like it wasn't easy because I was gaining weight from these hormonal issues. And I was also gaining weight due to the fact that like I was increasing my calories. Right. But so, you know, I'm eating on average around like 2,300 calories a day right now. And we pulled back my training significantly. So I'm training only four days a week. I'm not doing any cardio at all. And I'm training with reps and reserves. So I'm not training to failure whatsoever. And this is a really big thing that so many people struggle with. I know I'm sure your, your clients, Courtney and mine as well, whenever we have these underlying hormonal issues occurring and we have to tell our clients and even like myself, Hey, we have to completely let go of the thought of dieting right now. And it's going to be really uncomfortable and it's not going to be the most fun journey, but this is something that we have to go through. It's a temporary period of discomfort to get to the other side. And that's really what I had to keep telling myself. And I mean, y'all don't get me wrong. I love eating. Like, I don't care that my calories are high. I love food. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like, just knowing that like, I had to let go of that thought of even like losing body fat and just dive fully into and trust this process Mm -hmm. of, you know, eating as much as I possibly could without there having there being any, you know, underlying gut issues or anything like that. And like lowering my training, that's something really mentally difficult for a lot of people, but it's so crucial to this process because we know how much stress plays a role on our hormone levels and under eating and over exercising our two of the biggest stressors that are causing like hormone related diseases and issues today in our society. For sure. What are some of the things that you 
have adopted into your like day-to-day practice to actually help with those things. So, you know, it's easier said than done, right? Oh, just stress less. Well, okay. Let me just, let me just turn off that switch really quick. Um, you said something that really resonated with me a while back on, I think an Instagram live or a Facebook live can't remember. Um, Mm -hmm. but it was, um, you can be, you can have an active, higher stress lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's, that part is fine. Like you're, you're an entrepreneur, right? You're a coach, like you have 24 seven stuff going on, but what you really touched on was the stress management part of it. Exactly. Touch on that a little bit more of like, what does that look like? What does stress management look like for someone who has a busy, stressful lifestyle? Yeah, for sure. And I think that is something that's so, so important to understand is that like most of us do have a busy and stressful lifestyle in this day and age. Right. But it is it all in the way that you manage it. So for me personally, stress management means a few different things, but I think the biggest thing of all is really being able to regulate your emotions and Mm -hmm. how reactive you are to certain situations throughout your day. That is something that has taken a lot of practice and patience for me in terms of just not being as reactive to things that like might usually cause me to like go into a panic or worry or bring anxiety upon me. And some of the things that I've adopted into my routine to help with that is daily meditation. I am a huge advocate of meditating. So every single day, like every morning and every night, because for me personally, I was finding that I was waking up in the morning with massive anxiety. Like I would wake up and I would literally check my, my Fitbit and my heart rate would be like 85, 90 in the morning. And I'm just like, okay, what is going on here? So, you know, I do a 10 minute meditation every single morning and every single night to just really help regulate that, that nervous system and get me into a state where like I am calm and I'm grounded. Um, going on walks in nature is something that's super, super helpful for me just in terms of like clearing my mind during the middle of a busy day. And I do understand that we are at a slight disadvantage from people who do work a nine to five and maybe can't get outside or whatever it may be, but even prioritizing these things like before you go to work or on a lunch break or after work Mm -hmm. is super, super important. And then also just like positive affirmations and journaling. I would say like those three things have been the biggest things in terms of like helping me regulate my stress, because along with that meditation, like I've set myself up into a morning and nighttime routine where, you know, I will meditate for my 10 minutes and then I'll take out my journal and I'll like list things out or gratitudes or brain dump or whatever it may be that I feel like writing that day. And that just really helps me to like keep a clean slate um, and just regulate things throughout the day and like really regulate my emotions. I would say that those are kind of three of the biggest things that I took on. I love that so much. Um, for those of you listening that are core perform clients, this should not be new information for you. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, I know that this is on your protocol, but it's one of those things that I'm trying to reiterate is it's, it's easier said than done. It is you have to put in the work. You could give somebody all the meal plans, all the supplements in the world at the end of the day. So much of it comes from your attitude, your mental health, your stress management, like if those things aren't intact, sure. Nutrition can help. Definitely. Some supplementation can help. It's Mm -hmm. not going to be the the make or break factor. All those things that Kara just touched on are 100% for sure. The biggest factors that will make a change for, I think that's where it's hard is we are so used to being in a a fitness and or medical world where people just treat the symptoms and give quick fixes. 
this is not a quick fix. This is something that, like Kara said, is a journey and takes a long time for you guys to put in the work and to, to adopt and make those habits. You yeah. Know, a lot of people come to coaching because they think that they'll be given some magical treatment, magical meal plan, magical pill. That's not what we do, right? Yeah. We give you things to support, you know, cortisol levels or support your hormones. But at the end of the day, you got to put in the work and you got to let your mental health be a priority. Do not for let sure. it be something secondary to something else. That for sure is like the number one thing. So I love that you said all of those things because that's, I'm sitting there like nodding along, like, yes, you're <laughs> you're driving that point to fruition. Yeah. Um, love it. Um, Absolutely. Other things that you kind of want to touch on as far as like any, any people that maybe are listening that are currently struggling with hormone imbalances. And I think mm-hmm. maybe I'd like to get your thoughts on how do you overcome the the mental component of things like body image and trying to get mm. out of, um, you know, out of your head where, like you said, right. You feel like you're in a foreign body. Um, mm-hmm. obviously you have to accept it and, you know, move on with it, but what types of things can you like do to, to tell yourself that, you know, you're going to be okay. You're still worthy. You're still beautiful, especially as an athlete. I think that's yeah. hard because a lot of us and a lot of our clients come from a fitness background and they're like, I don't feel fit anymore. I don't mm. feel like myself anymore. My identity is gone. Oh my God. So true. So, Oh, I love that you said about the identity because that just sparked something in me. So this is a, so I did, uh, I took a course over summer and, um, I did a lot of work in terms of my identity. So I would first start there in understanding that as much as we identify ourselves as coaches and as fitness people. And as much as the world identifies us as that, that is not our only identity. We are not only a coach. We are not like, I'm not only a dietitian. I'm not only somebody who loves fitness. I'm not only a coach. And that's something that I had to work really, really hard to remember again. I'm also a daughter and a friend and a girlfriend and a family member and a sister and all of these different things, like all of these different roles that are detached from my physical appearance. You know what I mean? So I think that one, I would start there and understanding like who actually are you aside from these labels that you're placing on yourself, because it can be really easy to get so wrapped up in those labels and like what people think that those labels should look like. So that's a really big thing. Um, secondly, you know, just kind of like a mindset that I've been in this past year is, you know, like if I don't do this, if I do not stick with this routine and like continue to put in the work, even on the days where I wake up and I feel like I don't, I do not love what I look, what I look like in the mirror at all. And I'm just not happy with where I'm at. If I don't continue to do this, where does that leave me? Right. It leaves me stuck here. And I don't want to be stuck here. Obviously, you know, I want to get to that other side. So I think just understanding that, like pretty much for me, like I gave myself no other choice. I was like, it's this or I'm stuck. Right. right. So it's like continue continuing to put in that work every single day and just reminding yourself that it is temporary. Um, some other things too, is just like not body checking yourself as much. So body checking is something, oh my God, something that I have struggled with for so long, like literally 
if I could tell you the amount of times my boyfriend would yell at me for like how much I would like lift up my shirt and look at my stomach in the mirror or something like that. Like anymore, like I used to like check myself every single time I went past a mirror, like before I went to the gym, before I went anywhere and anymore, I'm like, I don't do it because it literally does not matter what I look like. It genuinely doesn't. And like, yeah, don't get me wrong. If I'm going somewhere, I want to look nice where I'm going to look in the mirror, but like, I'm not body checking as much. I'm not stopping in like windows to look at myself. And I also like, whenever I do look in the mirror, I try to spend a little bit more time, just like accepting the parts of me. And this is something that can make people really uncomfortable. But like, I personally point out like, some of the areas that are a little bit different, like, oh, I have a few more rolls on my back than I used to, or like, I can't see my muscles as much. And like, kind of like pointing those things out in a way that's like self-accepting and realizing, okay, these things are here and that they're a part of who I am now. And that's okay. You know? So just kind of like trying to accept those things more is super important. And last thing I'll say here is buying clothes that you feel comfortable in and stop trying to fit into the clothes that you didn't fit into before. And it sucks. I know it sucks. I have so many clothes sitting in my closet that fit me last summer that do not fit me now. You know what I mean? But like buy yourself clothes that you feel good in and do not feel like you have to like keep those clothes or like still fit into them or whatever it may be. Like you are not meant to fit clothes, clothes are meant to fit you, you know? So those are some of like the biggest things that I've done for myself to just kind of really help me in those areas. I love it so much. Those are also things that I've adopted as well. I think a lot of us have gone through very similar journeys and Mm -hmm. it's so crazy to look back on, um, you know, my personal experience as well, where I couldn't pass a reflective surface without body checking or, you know, pointing out something. Yeah. One of the things that really helped me as well on top of all the amazing things you said was, um, social media was a big trigger for me. So I just for went sure. through and I detoxed the heck out of it. Yeah. You know, I just unfollowed all of the people that like, you know, they could be the nicest person in the world. It's, it's not a matter of their character, but if their body or their lifestyle or whatever it is, was negatively impacting me, making me compare myself to them, why follow them? It wasn't at that point, it wasn't influential. It wasn't inspiring. It was just degrading it made me feel exactly about myself. So yeah. you always follow them back later when you're in a healthier mindset where you don't mm-hmm. compare yourself anymore. But I remember I just sat down, I made myself a cup of tea. I sat down in a cozy blanket and I went through my phone and I just unfollowed, I don't know, maybe like a hundred people because I love that I, I, it was just too much for me. And it made wonders on my mental health, just yeah. not seeing it anymore. And then I started following more body neutral pages and more like pages that had positive quotes and positive affirmations. And I was like, Oh, this is what social media should be used for. Like, this is great. So true. So true. Social media can be such a toxic trigger. And that's something that I tell my clients as well. Like the minute I find myself comparing or like going into a negative spiral loop, I just shut it down. Like I am not letting myself see a post and then it taking me into this like negative spiral for like 10 minutes. And then I come out of it and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just in a terrible headspace now. Like Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have the power to shut it down for sure. Exactly. Well, I absolutely adore you. And I adored this conversation. I think it, you know, really is a great representation of the type of coaching that does exist out there with practitioners like ourselves who are truly invested in, in client care more than anything else. 
you know, at the end of the day, it's not about money. It's not about us trying to sell you something like your health <laughs> mentally and physically is our top priority. And if your coach that you have right now is not doing those things, find a new coach. Yep. I'm sure, I'm sure Kara would love to take you on. <laughs> For sure. would love to take you on at corporate <laughs> form. So by all means, there are wonderful coaches out there that are truly going to invest everything. Um, and it's, it's going to be something that you will not look back on and not regret. So, um, yeah. with that being said, I just want to thank Kara again for her time and, you know, give thank her a follow you. and we'll try to include her, her social handles and all that in the, in the show notes so for that sure. you guys can keep updated with her, but, um, she's a great friend of mine. I hope something, uh, today in this episode resonated with you. I know it did with me. And Aside yeah. from that, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you at, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Um, and you find 10 minutes today to find something that you're grateful for. Do a little bit of positive affirmation, go on a walk in nature, lower your cortisol and mm-hmm. be, be, um, you know, really appreciative of what you do have today. That's, that's what I'll leave it off with. How about that? Awesome. Love that. All right. Bye. Bye guys.